I'm Marlo Higgins, and I've spent nearly four decades as an entrepreneur building boundaries around time and energy. I am captivated by stories of creating that mythical balance between priorities and success without the guilt and fear of missing out. I'm a to-the-point business coach that helps start a company, rebrand another, and launch my own. Now I'm running a thriving online brand with the white space in my calendar to spend time with my family, nurture my soul, and create an impact in our world. Are you dreaming of striking a balance between a thriving business and a joyful life? It is possible, and it starts with you. Get out your field notes, and let's tap into Peaceful Achievers, inspiring you to create a vision, level up your skills, and show you how to set boundaries that support the life you desire. This is 22 Minutes to Having It All. All right, I'm really excited to bring this week's episode of 22 Minutes to Having It All. And we had the chief scientific officer for WW, so Weight Watchers, but they refer to the term WW. And he's a renowned behavioral health expert. So Dr. Gary Foster and I had a really pivotal conversation around self-compassion. Now, if it's something, I mean, lately the conversations I've been having are so emotionally based. I have really witnessed the shift in what we're doing in business, how our communication styles really impact our overall success. And so during this episode, we talk about the secret strategy to setting goals and then actually following through. I think that's a big component. We talk about the mindset journey and really kind of how to position yourself in a powerful way where it's not all or nothing, but it's rather being self-compassionate and saying, I'm worth taking care of. So You're going to build upon different strengths and strategies around self-compassion on this episode and also listen and learn about The Shift, which is a new book that Dr. Foster is putting out with the seven powerful mindset changes for lasting weight loss. Now, you might be wondering why weight loss on an episode with business entrepreneurs and, and successful people, because our health is number one, right? We not only need to be focused on the wealth of what we do in in our success in life, but when we have our health, that's everything. And I think anybody who's listening to this can relate to that. So enjoy this episode with Dr. Gary Foster. I'm very delighted to have hosted him and I know that you're going to enjoy it. So leave your input and your feedback because positioning on this podcast of having it all, these conversations are very rich and very monumental. So I just want you to enjoy the show. Thank you. All right. Welcome back to this week's episode of 22 Minutes to Having It All podcast. Now, today we welcome the Chief Scientific Officer for WW, also a renowned behavioral health expert. This is Dr. Gary Foster. We're excited because we've asked Dr. Foster to come on and speak with us today about the secret strategy to setting goals and actually following through. That's just one of the key conversations we're going to have. So, Dr. Foster, welcome to this episode. Thanks, Marlo. It's great to be with you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. You're, you're launching a new book. It's called The Shift and it's seven powerful mindset changes for lasting weight loss. Now, anybody listening to this episode this week, it's a powerful conversation. Like we said earlier, weight is such a, a huge component to being successful in business and in life and all of those key things. So take us to the reason, you know, what is the shift? Give us some insight on these these powerful mindset changes and and these strategies for goal setting and then following through with the goals. 
Sure. I think the the high level picture, the reason that I wrote this book is that I've been in the field for over 30 years, the last eight or so at WW as the chief science officer. Um, And what's been clear to me in my own personal experience, whether it's as a clinical health psychologist or as a researcher in the field for a long time, is that the people who are most successful in the journey were not necessarily the ones who changed the way they ate or moved. Certainly that's necessary, but it's not sufficient. The people who did the best were the people who changed their mindset and more specifically changed the way they thought about the journey and the way they thought about themselves. And being a, a, a behavioral scientist who's very interested in not just the what, but the how, I was eager to collect the science on these topics and reasons to believe. But then importantly, from my point of view, to in the end of each of these seven shifts, to provide practical, actionable, and importantly, science-based skills that can help people make these shifts. Phenomenal. Yeah. So talk to us about that. You know, why is the journey and and themselves give us some insight into those two key areas? Because yes, the way that we look at it and perceive the journey is is kind of different. So where did you start? Yeah, I think the fundamental place to start is how you view yourself. And that's in a society where thinness is overvalued and there's lots of weight and base shape discrimination in the business world, in the educational world, and even people's own families. The people who supposedly love you the most can be the harshest in terms of making pretty harsh criticisms of people based on their weight and shape. So in that context, it's really easy that the first impulse when you are thinking about the journey, when you're thinking about yourself, is to be more self-critical than self-compassionate. And what self-compassion says, really, is that I'm worth taking care of. And that has you come from a position of strength, not a position of deficit. If I think that I'm weak-willed, I'm undisciplined, look what I've done to get myself into this, I often say to the patients I've worked with, that's you you're talking about. Like, you're your most important ally in this process. And to to treat yourself with a fundamental sense of worth, no matter what you weigh, no matter what your health status is, but that you're that's a different point of view. It says, look, I'm worth taking care of. And, and it doesn't mean you have to get to a certain weight or look a certain shape. This is about your own fundamental worth as a human being. And I think, as I say in the book, that's the fulcrum upon which Everything else is based because if you start the journey full of self-criticism, you'll never rid yourself. That's one piece of making a shift is how you think about yourself. To your earlier question, the other piece about the journey, I think a, a great one to think about here is just goal setting. And what I really like about writing the book and talking to people about the shifts that they've experienced, and I include all those in the book, is that this has definitely an ROI from a weight loss perspective. It definitely is proven to help with weight loss. But what it also does is it has other dividends for non-weight areas. It actually helps people become better in their relationships. And by better, I don't mean perfect. I mean more realistic. See the big picture treat yourself with self-compassion. It helps people in the business world to be better people leaders, for example. It helps in a lot of different areas. So one of the things that really resonates with folks is the distinction that we make around goal setting. And when it comes to weight, often people are like, I want to lose 50, I want to lose 100, I want to lose 30, whatever the number is, it's almost irrelevant. But that's, that's seen as the goal. And that's an outcome goal. 
the, the science is very clear that the best way to reach some outcome goal is to focus on the behaviors that drive that outcome. So you can take a step back from I want to lose 50 pounds to I want to eat healthier. I want to be more active. Okay, that sounds great, but plans work better than platitudes. So what's the specific thing that you're going to do around eating? What's the specific thing you want to go around that activity? And the beauty of that is not only does that specificity drive a plan and drive how, it also gives you the opportunity to to be successful along the way. If your only goal is 50 pounds, that's a long, long way from here. If your only goal is someday I'll be CEO, that's a long time away from now. How do you take behavioral goals that are small, specific and achievable to fuel the journey along the way. Oh, Dr. Foster, I mean that it does. It it hits home for for so many people and and I think just, you know, entering into the journey, saying I just want to be a healthy person. What define healthy? You know, that's somebody who's exercising, they're eating right, maybe they're drinking the allotted amount of water. It is those small steps I think that really start going in the right direction and once you prove to yourself that it's really not that hard, you can do it. Right. So just again, that power of mindset is is everything. But what have you found? You know, where's the block coming from? Because it sounds so simple, right? In concept, that you know, we can say we want to do something, but what helps us actually do it and then sustain it? Yeah, I really is I do believe it's the way and the science would prove this out that it's the way you think about this. So I don't think there's a lot of challenge with eat this, don't eat that. I think if you ask a hundred people. 90 plus of them would be able to distinguish, you know, here's a a list of healthy foods and here's a list of unhealthy foods. And obviously for sustainability in programs like ours at WW, everything has to be on the menu. So it's that reasonableness about what you're eating and how you're moving and only move in ways that move you. But the thing, again, that distinguishes people who are successful is the way they think about themselves. And this self-compassion thing cannot be overrated. It is so fundamental and it turns the journey upside down. Instead of you becoming like a, a fixer-upper project or that you're whack-a-moling all of your weaknesses and deficiencies, you're building upon your strengths. You're saying, I'm worth taking care of. And again, easy for us to say that, but in an environment where people have been beaten up externally based on how they look or how they weigh, it can be difficult to do that. And there's techniques in the books, things like writing a self-compassion letter, imagining yourself about... How you would respond to a friend in the same situation. So when you feel really discouraged because you've followed a plan and the scale's gone up or you had planned to eat something uh, you know, more healthy and ended up eating something less healthy, if a friend came to you and said that, you wouldn't, you wouldn't say the nasty things you say to yourself. You just wouldn't. So that's a nice sort of practical technique to reframe that. I think when it comes to the journey piece, setbacks you know, not just happen in weight control, they happen in all areas of our lives. So one of the important mindset shifts is not if, but when setbacks happen, how will you handle those? And what kind of thinking styles do you have? Are you an all or none thinker that, you know, you had, you know, a cup of ice cream or an ice cream cone and I've blown it, that's it? Are you a a negative filter type thinker where You've been active for five or six days a week, and you want to talk about the one or two days that you weren't active. And those are the kind of things we talk about in the book that are unhelpful thinking styles and techniques like reality checks that can get people to look at the world, not overly positively, like, oh, everything's fantastic. I hope I gain another two pounds next week. That's not what we're saying. What we're really saying is, hey, look at it realistically 
and develop thoughts that help you rather than harm you. Yeah. Yeah. And within our community, I mean, mindset's a big thing. I believe that mindset is actually the runway to success. It, it all starts. I mean, that's where you build the momentum is around the mindset, how you talk to yourself. You know, the mantra that we use is a setback is a setup for a comeback. And knowing that, yes, if you did slip up, you know, that's okay because that setback taught you something, right? It's a lesson learned. It's not a succeed or fail. It is like, wow, okay, there was a lesson learned in there. And I think it's because of those lessons learned. Anybody listening to this right now understands that, that you do or don't do things based on those lessons that we've experienced in the past. So yeah, I love the way you describe that. That is an opportunity for growth and development and learning. And it is a runway for success. If you go into a journey expecting, I will never have a setback, that means essentially you have no plan for recovering from that setback. And you know, it would be nice if, if they were unusual, but they happen to 100% of the people 100% of the time. So being able to frame that properly is how do you interpret a mindset just exactly as you framed it as an opportunity to learn something is a great growth mindset way to approach this. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't stray whether we're talking about business success or, you know, our, our health and success. And, you know, it's, it's health and wealth, right? Wealth is nothing if we don't have the health to back it up and to do the things that we're working so ferociously to achieve. And I think that's why this conversation is so powerful. You know, let's not pass by the pandemic and how that impacted people. You know, I myself, emotional eater, easy for me to just give in and say, Oh, geez, I'm just going to eat the ice cream bar just to feel like, sorry for yourself, whatever that is, what did you witness? And what are some some tools if anybody was struggling, you know, through the pandemic, being a little bit more isolated than normal in their routines and, and how that impacts just the way we think and feel and do? Yeah, I, I think there's a couple of things going on there that happened with the pandemic. One was from a behavioral point of view that people's routines were just disrupted. So if you had a certain routine around healthy eating and activity or even work habits, that all gets turned upside down, whether it's remote working and what implications that has for your work productivity. What implications does it have for now where I'm sitting eight hours a day is 10 feet from the refrigerator. And in between my Zooms, do I then go out and sort of just make a a sort of a walk through the kitchen area and end up you know, eating several hundred calories without really being aware of it. So one is to establish new routines and ones that served you well and not and make this about skill power, not about willpower. I think the other thing that the pandemic did was to, and you mentioned this earlier, is around the, the social isolation. You know, there, there's one thing about social distancing, you know, from a public health point of view and the benefits that brings, but when you are start to feel socially isolated, that's quite a different thing. So one of the things we talk a lot about WW is finding your people and whether you do that with people who are close to you, who you can have a, a frank conversation and say, I'm struggling with this. And these are the things that either you're doing or not doing that help or hurt my journey. And could I ask you specifically to do this? One of the mistakes people ask when trying to connect with people is say, would you please be supportive? okay, well, what does that mean? Because if you're asking somebody else to decide what's supported for you, that's tricky business. So that that's really helpful. And then programs like WW that can, that can have virtual communities, global communities, face-to-face communities, a lot of different things can, can help that. But independent of whether you have a community of thousands or a community of one or two, one of the things that I cover in the book is it's really important to be really clear in your mind about what things are helpful for you and what things aren't, and to make the ask of those around you in those two areas. 
Yeah. So clearly defining what you need in the journey, I think just pre-positioning that and just knowing what it's going to take and, and, you know, not overdoing it where it becomes an overwhelming thing of like, I need all of these, this list of things before it's going to be successful, but rather, you know what, again, it goes back to what you said, you know, that self-compassion. And I believe honor is such a big word. I mean, just honor yourself, honor that you're having a rough day. And just call it out. And you know what? Tomorrow's a whole new day. For whatever reason, things didn't go as planned. And honor that. Like it's, again, again, it gets back to business and success and life. It's not just a, a black or white thing. I think there's so much more involved in this. And I think, you know, we've, we've listened to different platforms and understanding that it is the self-compassion that really leads to a lot of areas that we can succeed in. So what's the first step to self-compassion though? If somebody's one of those people who tends to kind of beat themselves up and be more of a negative Nelly about perception, how, how can you shift them? Yeah, I think one is to just address some fundamental myths. Some people think that, you know, if tough love is good, like self-tough love must be twice as good. And the facts are that the more critical you are of yourself, the less motivated you are. As I said earlier, that's you you're talking about. And if you're filling your head with a lot of derisive comments about how undisciplined you are, you're never going to be able to do this. And here I go again. I'm going to, yeah, it's just not helpful. So one is debunk this myth that that's too soft. I won't be motivated. I have to be hard on myself to be successful. The exact opposite is true. So one is to have a reason to believe that, hey, self-compassion is effective. This isn't like pop psychology. This actually is science-based fact that when you are self-compassion beats self-criticism every single time. And then when it gets to pass this reason to believe and get debunking some of these myths, the other part then is that how do I practically do this? One, my favorite technique, and that's borne out by the scientific literature extremely well, is to talk to yourself like a friend. There's a couple ways to do this. One is that you can take the situation that you're in. Let's say it's a business situation where you've had a setback or uh, in the weight and wellness journey, you've planned to do this and something else got in the way. Just write down, what are you saying? Like capture the thoughts and just look at what you're saying. And then the other column would be, what would I say to a friend if my friend shared this experience with me? And the degree to which there's a disparity between what you're saying to yourself and your friend, that can be an actionable insight. And and think quite, quite graphically or visually about how you would talk to it, like what your intonation would be like, what your posture would be like. And then think, how can I do that for myself? Aren't I worthy of being a friend to myself. And again, it comes to this really fundamental nature of self-compassion. So what I love about it is it's so powerful. And then then there are these practical, actionable techniques to bring it to life. Yeah. And I also enjoy um, you sharing that when you kind of remove yourself, you know, it, it, it becomes less about you. So when you turn the tables and say, what would you say to a friend? And you can remove the space about, you know, how you're talking to you. It does. It's a completely fresh lens of of compassion. And rightfully so, anybody would ask themselves, no, I would never talk to a friend like that. But um, so then why are you doing it to you? Exactly. I think you, you catch yourself enough times. I mean, get an index card, to, you know, make check marks for all those and then watch your, you know, watch your growth. It can be simple things. You know, maybe you talked negatively 10 times this week and next week it's two. You can witness that growth and it is, it's just those small things, but, but check yourself. I think that's very powerful. And and it's really palpable too. As you start to change the way you talk to yourself, you actually can physically 
and emotionally feel the difference. It's not something you need to take a 10-week course. It actually happens the first time you use a different tone of voice to yourself internally, you can actually feel things simmer down a bit. You can feel that you're talking to yourself as someone as someone to be cared for rather than someone who's just there to be criticized. Well, I, you know, you say that c- communication in the workplace is huge, too. And, you know, how you're talking to yourself is literally, a, a, you know, how you're talking to others. And it just you may not even be saying anything, even if you're you're thinking it, others feel that it exudes this level of energy outside of you. So yeah, very powerful. All right. So um, we could talk forever about this, um, Dr. Foster. I'm just fascinated by it. I, I love what you're doing. So the shift, seven, seven powerful mindset changes for lasting weight loss comes out October 5th. Where can we find it? Where can we find you? And where can we find more? You can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Gary Foster or wherever books are sold. You'll be able to find the shift. You can pre-order it before October 5th or it will be available widely on October 5th. Fascinating. Thank you so much for your time today, Dr. Foster. This was just fantastic. Thank you, Marlo. My pleasure. You can also find more about Dr. Foster in today's show notes and on our website at marlohiggins.com. Thank you for listening today. We look forward to having you again next week. This is Marlo Higgins, your host, and we'll talk to you soon. Did you enjoy this conversation as much as I did? If you're looking for more conversations like these, be sure to subscribe and please leave a review of the podcast. Subscribing and leaving a review helps it show up on your phone every time a new episode is released and leaving a review helps other people like you find us so they can get the help they need so they can live their best life. Also, subscribe to our weekly email on our website at marlohiggins.com. This is the place that we share insider tips with our audience and drop polarizing insights with you. Remember, the road to success is better with friends. So be sure to share this episode to help all of you reach your goals together. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, success is universally desired, personally defined, and always within reach.